0: energy last few days I think anytime you'd leave your facility there's an acclamation to it uh, but I think our guys responded well I think they were really good on our Tuesday practice you know to thought we had a great couple days there in Tallahassee and then to give them the Christmas break traveled down here on Christmas night um, next morning we woke up good meetings good practice uh, we've we're very much on our on our weekly schedule at this point. I thought our guys have done a really nice job. response opportunity. What is this opportunity like for you guys Well, it's it's the last game of of this season and a season that's been you know a 13 and 0 season and our guys have done everything we've asked them to do to this point point. and you know just to have it finish out in a Venue like this, um, against a well-respected opponent, um, you know it's it's a great opportunity, and I think our guys feel that they want to finish the season the right way, and um, it's been a balance of us trying to make sure they understand how proud we are that they've got us to this point, but now we've got another game and another opportunity to take advantage of. So, just that's been really the message, and our guys, I got no question that they'll do it the right way because they've done it the entire season. I mean, he's obviously a really efficient passer. I mean, you just look at the numbers and, you know, having them being in a different league and really had never really competed against them before. Uh, I believe Coach Bobo was at Colorado State when I was at Marshall and we played him in a bowl game, but um, just having a sense of what you think it's going to be, but not really sure. And then when you go and watch, just the efficiency that he's been and their third down numbers. I mean... You know, they're second and long numbers, their third down numbers. The ball's, they're throwing the football. And, you know, people want to, they've got a real veteran offensive line. You know, they've done a good job in the run game, but they've really scored points at the efficiency of the throw game. And um, their third down numbers is as good as anybody in the country. Um, And I think what he does a really good job of, too, that he probably doesn't give a lot of credit of, you know, I don't think he's a runner, but his ability to scramble and and scramble for first down, scramble for, for positive yards, I mean, you know he's a big, great delivery, good accuracy. you know he's in he's had an excellent season for them. Well, they protect the quarterback. one. I think they've only given up. I mean, they're probably in the top five of the country giving up sacks. So do that. Don't give up negatives. Um, get the ball thrown by an accurate passer, so you're protecting them. And then you have you' got good receivers, you've had a a great tight end. Um and you put that together and you know they that's why their numbers are so good. Oh you guys are rolling this morning. When you guys answer the you know the question marks in terms of opt-out levels assistant, how do you go to character doing whatever I guess agreation may happen over here and what yeah it's not even a question. I mean, this is football every week. This guy's practicing. Will he be able to play in the game? Not sure. Um, An opponent that quarterback could be out. It's just the. It's part of the magic of coaching this sport. There's so many pieces constantly. Special teams, offense, defense. It just. You know, I'm not trying to minimize what's happening down here and what's happening now in college football, but you know, it just. You know, you don't want to say next man up mentality because that's the that's the label that we put to this whole thing, right? Um, But. You're getting ready for this game in January, in September, and you know the investment into the players that it's their turn didn't start last week. It started when they arrived, and I think as coaches, you need to have that mentality daily. You can say, wow, I got these five DBs, I got these three linebackers, and they're really, really good. Well, what about the next one? Well, he's not playing yet, but if you're failing him today, he's not going to be ready for his opportunity tomorrow. And so I think as a coach, you're constantly trying to work that battle of everybody just wants to be okay. Everybody wants to look at their team and say, man, I got a great 11. I got a great 12. We're going to be great this game. Well, what about the guys that are the next 11? Like you owe it to them to make sure that you push, have a standard of excellence, make sure they're improving daily, you know, creating those habits for them. So then when the moment comes, it's not, oh, you've got to react and the kid's looking at you like, why is it so urgent now? It's been urgent since the day they walked on campus. I think that's why we've been so consistent as a program. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been excited for those guys the whole time, you know, and there were some games that Conrad you brought up. He went into a game as the third guy, and he was going in in the third series or the second series. So, I mean, that's been building, you know, and um, who's to say, you know, as we were going in this week that he wouldn't have gotten that playing time anyways, you know what I mean? There's so much time from the last game to this game. It's a whole new competition, you know, and um, guys have risen up to those. Now, some get better because the opportunity comes before the work. That happens usually with injuries or somebody goes down and a guy goes in, you're like, wow, I didn't see that. Most of the time, for length of uh, success down the road, you see it before it happens. And I think that's what we've been able to do. It didn't happen here in year one and two. We were putting guys in. But now we're getting to the point with an Omar Graham, with those guys that their, their practice has gotten to a high level. And then their opportunity in the games have gotten into a minimal level and then have grown. And then they continue to get better. And now their opportunity explodes. Um, I think we've seen that with Shaheen Brown. I mean, he's a great example of that. You know, he basically redshirted his freshman year when Kevin Knowles played a lot. And then the next year, we first him into the third safety rotation in our dime stuff. Then this year, he became a full-time starter. And now I think he's an all-ACC type player. I, I, it's funny, I said to JP and Odell just yesterday, we're watching on practice, and I'm like, this guy is so skilled. Like, in, I mean, when I sit there and we're down at Nova Southeastern practice, you know, on a Wednesday morning, and we're working on a third down thing, and he's got a rush on a scout team player, and you just see the athleticism, and he's just, being in the system now and watching him develop and grow, I mean, he's a special talent. I mean, he really is. I mean, I mean, he's done great things, you know, here in the last couple of years for us, um, and we've had some great ones next to him. But independently, I mean, he's a special player, and uh, he's got an uncanny ability to make plays on the ball. Um, I think his sack numbers are, are there, but they're coming. Um, but. I think where he's really grown is his impact on first and second down too. So, you know, Pat's Pat's a leader for us. It's important for him to continue to grow and develop and just watch him through these these weeks of bowl prep. I've, I see it. how did how is an 18-year-old kid, become 20 years old, and you find that, you guys, know, so you we'll be scouting, and evaluating at such a smaller frame of size. Yeah, a couple questions, I'm going to go to the the second one first, but you are a multi-layered human and I respect that. Um, Watching him in high school um, and seeing him in his senior year at Northwestern and just watching, you know, obviously the competition was really good, he played really hard. Um, He played with really low pad level for a big long player. Um, That was the COVID year, so we really never saw him. So you're like, well, how skinny is he? What is this? What is that? But at the end of the day, I do know this. I mean, they always get bigger. Like, they always get bigger. What they don't get is more athletic. What they don't get is better knee bend, better burst sometimes. um, So when we took that, I don't want to say chance, but when we said yes to Pat and got him here, he fit in the program and he just kind of went through it. And... He's had some down times where it's been really hard for him, and he didn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. And then there's been times that he's dominated football games. And to see what we saw on film three or four years ago, to see what it is now, and honestly, where it can still go. Because his improvement on first and second down was significant this year. Um, I think we've started to see the third down production over the last couple of years. That will just get better. Um, but. I mean, he is so long and so athletic and so smart. Um, I think those are the reasons why he's gotten better, because he's taken to the coaching because he sees the value of it. And uh, I think we have two of the best defensive line coaches in the country. You know, J.P. and Odell do a tremendous job with that entire group. And, um, you know, Pat's really emerged as, as one of those guys, and there'll be more on the way. He's, he's that guy you want to come the bus first, but has good head on shoulders, still he was as much of a Patrick know he was another one that we signed out of Niceville and you know already played as a true freshman um, and you know he was really still an athlete in high school he w- nobody would say he was a, he was a wide receiver he was a safety corner returner a little bit of everything. When we invested in him as a true freshman, he gave us good snaps. I mean, he played a good amount of snaps as a true freshman, including that bowl game against Oklahoma. But this year, I mean, I thought we had three starting corners, to be honest with you, and the way it played. And I thought our staff did a really good job this summer helping me out and saying, you know, let's put AZ as the dime. Uh, we thought we had some good corners in Fentrell and Leonardo. Um, we knew Az was going to play, but it cemented a role, kind of like what we did the year before when we said Jamie's the dime, Shaheem is now the starting safety on third down. So it gave them a role, knowing they'll play in the flow of the game, anyways. I thought that really helped him um, because it gave him a cemented role, and then it built his confidence. And you know, his on the ball play this year was tremendous. You know, when that when that ball was thrown his way, I mean, his ball production. You know, obviously we'd like to have some more picks and interceptions. I think those are coming for him. But his ability to make plays on the ball were, you know, as good as anybody in the country, I think. And so you know to see him really make those strides, his competitive nature, his confidence, um, you know just continue to explode. And you know, he's helped us tremendously this year, and he was a key part to this defense and this championship team.: kind of like Grayson, I mean, he's played so much football. You know, last, sorry, football. how do you go about trying to create like, a a guy like that. Well, I think he, Aslan, he would tell you, like, his production at Western Michigan was great. He was a tremendous player. The effort, they did a great job coaching him. But I think when he made this step, part of the step was he wanted to compete against the best. He wanted to have to improve his technique. Because if I play against somebody and I'm at a level far superior than them with my, just my traits and my skills sometimes my game doesn't have to be super clean. Now, he's got the personality that he could be critical of himself after those games, but he would still get away with it. So the urgency to improve, even though he probably wanted to because of who he was, it wasn't forced to. Here, early on, I see it. I'm still making my plays, but now I hear Coach O'Dell, I hear Coach JP, I hear them coaching me, but I now see it, and I'm not as effective. So just him, like, I'll make it simple like his hand placement and how he played with his hands wasn't where he needed to be in order for him to play against the top-level teams in the country. So I think, and that takes a lot of work. I know, just use him then. Got it. But, like, I think that's why you've seen his production explode as the season went on. Not because he wanted to be better. He's, Braden Fisk was built like this before we got him. He's just smart enough to understand what he needed, listened to the coaching, and then applied it daily, constantly, constantly, constantly. And, you know, he chose us because of the way we play too. You know, he knew this would be a front, a structure defensively that he would be able to thrive in, and he would see the value of the technique, the production of what we've had. And if he just applied it, he would come on, and I think. You know, he was part of a championship team. You look, the, uh, you look at the guys from things we can share. And what, what does that say about your program you want to get those kind of guys, You want to continue their careers, You want to grow? Want to develop. I think it's a credit to um, Coach Nervelle. It's a credit to our evaluating team. Just Because everybody wants to look at the end. I think it all starts with the right evaluation at the beginning. And knowing what fits your program, your culture, your scheme, your needs. Because it's got to be a fit. Right? So you gotta bring in the right type of person first. I think we overlook that sometimes. The evaluation process, the reason why these guys are having so much success is because I think at the front end, we're evaluating it correctly. We're bringing in the right fits. Then when they get here, we're usually right with who they were and what they were. And now we've really set the market of like, okay, now this is work works. And now we've gotta go put the structure in place. Then you gotta go work that plan. And then usually we're getting the results that you know, we've gotten. And uh, I think when you bring guys in, it's got to fit for them and for you, right? And so when you bring them in and they see what you've said is the right thing, then there's a, a foundation of trust. And once there's trust, there's unwilling work just to go. There's not guys looking around, well, I haven't been here. What they told me isn't really what it is. This isn't really the role I anticipated. They just told me what they wanted me to hear. And you see that all over the country. And that's why maybe you see somebody that's really productive. Then they go to a place and like, why isn't he? We thought this was going to be a great fit. Why isn't it? Sometimes it's not just because the kid isn't as good as we thought he was. Sometimes just the fit wasn't great. And that's why at the front end, knowing what that is, and then when you get him there, sticking to the plan and, you know, I think we've got really good coaches that, you know, coach the right things and coach it the right way. And um, obviously we play in a, in a good schedule and give them the atmosphere to go explode. And I think that's why you've seen a lot of success. How much of that, though, the window's so short for coaches nowadays for opening up and getting a guy, getting familiar with the guy. How, how much, you know, that process is, you know, such a schedule, it's a quick process. I mean, how much of that do you have to really kind of trust in your recruiting guys and everything like that? At the end of the day, it's on you. I mean, you've got to have knowledge of the outside, the inside, maybe some past history, know the right question to ask, because it is. It's it's a speed sped up process. Um, So I think smart people win.